Thank you, Zach. Boy, that's a great lesson for all of us, isn't it? Would you uh, please join with me in prayer as we go into our text this morning? Lord, we're grateful once again for this day and for all that you're doing in our lives in the midst of the tension in our culture and this pandemic we find ourselves. We pray, Lord, as we look at the reality of who you are this morning, that we would have hearts encouraged and warmed to the reality of your grace and truth. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, today, as we mentioned earlier, we're celebrating Trinity Sunday. That is, we're celebrating the reality of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that is powerful reality. But before I do so, I want to address the events of the past couple weeks and what they mean for us and for all Christians, quite frankly. We've all witnessed the events of the past couple weeks that have been sparked by the death of George Floyd. And we support the peaceful protests of all people being able to speak up, using their First Amendment rights to publicly demand police practice reform. And we're seeing the church come together across racial lines for the first time in a long time, and that's a good thing. We're seeing a beautiful solidarity in the Christian church. But in this world of sin, there will always be flies in the offering, even the purest of our offerings. The rioting that we've seen is not honorable in the Lord's eyes, but I will not let it keep us from offering an even more fragrant offering to the Lord on behalf of our black brothers and sisters. So I want to go on record right now as saying that we at Christ Church stand not only with our black brothers and sisters, but also with black people. And we continue to do so for all people of color. The footage of Ahmaud Arbery being murdered some weeks back exemplified the daily danger that many of our friends in the black community daily endure. And then we watched with horror last week the nine-minute murder of George Floyd. Demonstrated further the failure of laws that are just to create a culture of justice. Now we're really thankful for the previous generations who many paid with their blood the civil rights movements that we currently have. But isn't it interesting, after 50 years of the drum beating of the equality of the best thinkers and statements of our culture, we're still in a place with a culture of racism. Well, you know what I'm going to say, right? American laws have changed. American hearts have not. But friends... We know the God who changes hearts. And he desires to do so. Jesus paid in his blood for a church on earth that made up of every tribe and nation and tongue. 
every ethnicity, ethnicity representing one new man in Christ Jesus. One of the most dramatic moments in the New Testament was when the Apostle Paul openly rebuked the Apostle Peter for segregating the dinner table in Galatia. How about our dinner tables? We're entering into the season of Pentecost. For the next five months, we are on mission. We've spent the past six months marveling at God becoming flesh, marveling at him revealing himself, marveling that he laid down his life for us even while we were yet sinners, marveling that he rose from the dead, marveling that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to live the lives we're called to live, and today we celebrate the reality of who this God truly is. And we're going to be focusing on mission, albeit with social measuring distances, to open up our homes to one another and neighbors along the way, where we live, where we work, where we play. And this moment could not come too soon. For John 13, 35 says, they will know who I am by the way you love one another. You see, we at Christ Church deeply care about knowing the Lord, growing in the Lord, preaching the gospel, being a Bible-shaped people. But Jesus said the visible mark of his of participation in him is not marked by the excellence of our preaching, but rather the loving unity that we have among one another to the eyes of a watching world. Now's the time for us to get closer together, ladies and gentlemen. Invite others to do the same because we are the embassy of grace. And so that's why here at Christ Church, we refuse to settle for anything less than all are welcome through our doors. No matter what color they are, where they come from. Oh, Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. And we're part of that call. So... What I'm asking us now is this, to resolve right now that we're going to muster up the changes we need to make in order to be such a welcoming community and be that embassy as agents of God's reconciling grace to our neighbors. So first, join with me. We, we sent this out last Wednesday. If you didn't see it, just reminding you we're on a week of fasting and prayer for us, our nation, the black community, people of color, that we would have true reconciliation under the banner of Jesus Christ. So let's depend upon the Lord and fast with us. Two, listen to your black friends. Listen to their, their experiences. Listen to listen, not listen to fix. Learn from their experiences. Lament. We've been in a season of lament this whole pandemic. Well, I think we're called to lament upon the minority populations. And befriend them. 
You know, many people said on January 1st, this is a year of vision. Only to lament that the COVID-19 crisis and the social unrest that our culture has has thrown a spoke into their vision wheel. Perhaps God is using it to sharpen our visions of the way things are and of the way that things should be. And I can't think of any better day on this celebratory day in God's Church of Trinity Sunday to launch into this season of ministry with a renewed, clear vision. The doctrine of the Trinity is the belief that God is one in being and three in person. That's not a contradiction. If I said God was one in being and three in being, that would be a contradiction. Being is the quality, the essence, the substance that makes you who you are. Person is the quality, the essence, the substance that makes you whom you are. I am a human being. I know it's debatable, but I am a human being. All right? But who I am is Gene Sherman, the son of Wes and Ann Sherman, the husband of Kim Sherman, the father of Rebecca Hampy and Zach, Ben, and Daniel Sherman. We share being but not person as humans. One being one person, yet God mysteriously is one in being Three in persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there's nothing like this in the whole universe. God has chosen it to be this way. You know, I believe there's enough evidence to believe that God exists. I think it's the most rational conclusion. I, I think it covers the most data. It makes the most sense. And yet, the revelation of the scripture is necessary for us to go deeper into the things of God. And this Doctrine, this belief, is one of those deep things of God that we must ponder. It said well in Article 1 of our 39 articles, There is only one living and true God who is eternal and without body, indivisible and invulnerable. He is of infinite power, wisdom, and of goodness. He is the maker and preserver of all things, both visible and invisible, Within the unity of the Godhead, there are three persons who are of one substance, power, and eternity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Christians throughout history have all agreed on that. Trinitarianism is Christianity. If you don't believe in the Trinity, you're morphing it into something that is unrecognizable. For I've heard some say, well, actually there's one God and, and with one person. That's Unitarianism. Others would say, well, actually, there's three gods, and they all get along really well. That's polytheism. Some say, well, God the Father is the real God, and God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit obey the Father. Well, that's subortionism. Others say, well, there's one person, one God, but he puts on these different hats at time and plays these different roles. That's called modalism. No, my friends, what not only Zach read with our children and what we read today in Matthew is that God is 
one God in three persons. And the Christian church throughout the centuries has stated this as true. And without this, our understanding of God is incomplete. And I know people get hung up on this. And they use it as a barrier to not truly follow Christ. C.S. Lewis said, well, think of it this way. Imagine a flat world that's two dimensions with only circles and squares. There's no cubes. There's no spheres. What if suddenly into this two-dimensional world came a three-dimensional person and said, hello, I'm three-dimensional. Whenever he would explain I'm three-dimensional, those two-dimensional people would say, how can that be? And that's what we have here. God in Jesus stepping into time, space, our time-space continuum and revealing God in the flesh and sending us the Holy Spirit because to have the Holy Spirit within us is better than having Jesus physically next to us. Each and every one of us have the Holy Spirit as we place our trust in Jesus Christ. That's what we have here. The triune God. And unless we understand that, we're not following reality. And, and why should we understand it completely? What makes us think we could understand it completely? Why would a two-dimensional world understand a three-dimensional object? Why did a three-dimensional world understand a 20-dimensional object? We can't. But what we can't understand is the beauty and the power, the implications for our day-to-day -day lives because of this doctrine. You know, I don't understand fully the, the belief of the Trinity either. But I wouldn't want to live in a world without it. The idea that this universe is basically created out of an explosion of the inner joy of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to get other people to be brought into this circle of joy, glory, and love of the Trinity is the most wonderful understanding of reality and the meaning of the universe that there ever could be. That's why this matters. This dance of the Trinity of love and grace and truth revealing themselves calling us to participate in the dance of God. And he invites us to join him in that mission, inviting our neighbors into it as well. And so he gives us this call as his ambassadors. Go, make disciples, teaching them to obey. Go. We think we must hop on an airplane and fly to Nigeria no, my friends, all we need to do to go is to get up tomorrow morning and get on Zoom or go to work. As you're going about your day-to-day -day lives, God is at work there. And as we join the Lord at the work that he's doing and we have the boldness and the courage to follow him where he calls us, oh, my friends, God's kingdom is built. Secondly, we make disciples. Well, to make a disciple, we have to be a disciple. Making sure we're growing ourselves in the Lord. It's exciting to see all our little church groups that are growing even during the pandemic. 
We're taking it day by day. I have no grand announcement of how we're going to do it in the future, but we're taking it one day at a time as we go forward. But the reality is we can't do this in isolation. We need one another in order to be a disciple and make disciples. And the discipleship starts right in our homes as husband and wife, onto our children, onto our grandchildren, and then in our church communities, and then outside as we go about shining the God's light wherever we are. And last but not least, we teach them to obey. Did you notice that? There's a call. Teach them to obey. Um, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone that doesn't remain alone. We're called because of this. The world sits up and pays notice. And what did Jesus say in John 13? By this, all men will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. And he doesn't stop there in, uh, behold, I am with you always. God is with us. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Yesterday, Kim and I helped Daniel and Marissa move into their new apartment down in Cleveland. It was an exciting day for us. While that was going on, Rebecca and George marched in Harlem with thousands of Christians, white, black, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, calling for unity under the banner of the cross of Jesus Christ. We will not rest until we have that open sign and welcome sign for everybody. That all are welcome here. And as we do, we continue to go, be disciples, making disciples, and loving Jesus, teaching one another to walk with him together in obedience. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege it is to walk with you. And we thank you that you have called us your own. We pray that as we go about our tasks this week, that we would remember the beauty of who you are. We can't fully understand it, but we know that you've empowered us to live it. Because Jesus is risen, ascended. And Lord, as we go about our week, may we look at people as your image bearers, no matter who they are, so that you would shine your light in and through us and we would bear great fruit as we go about our day. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen.